TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Five Rounds Podcast, the only podcast out there with the cardio for those deep water championship rounds. I'm Mags, and with me today, my son Carlos. Carlos, how are you? I'm not too bad, how's yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, in kind of getting used to this new format where we're recording to, to instantly put it out on, on shooting the sports-ish. Uh, it's, a, it's a bit tiring, but yeah, it's literally ten past four in the morning and we've just finished watching... UFC in Vegas 11, uh, UFC Apex, Apex 13, whatever they want to call them. Maybe it's UFC Fight Night, Corbin versus Budley to be. Uh, massive card. Uh, quickly go through these prelims. All started with Tarsen Nam picking up the uh, second round KO against Jerome Rivera. Uh, Andre Lewell began the decision against Irwin Rivera. And then uh, Randy Cost again, the first round knockout. Uh, in the bantamweights against Journey Newsom, uh, the first first round knockout of many in this in this show. Uh, Derek Minner got a first round sub against TJ Laramie. Uh, Jessica Rose Clark in the women's bantamweight picked up the the third round knockout against Sarah Alpar. Uh, going down to the women's flyweight, uh, another first round finish with uh, Mara uh, Bueno Silva picking up the win against Mara Romero Barella. Uh, third round sub for Damon Jackson against Mercer Bektik in the featherweight, and then the uh, the feature prelim saw David Dvorak get the decision against uh, uh, Jordan Espinosa. So then we move on to the main card. Six fights on this card. Three first round finishers. Three taken to the judges, and we start with Kevin Holland and Darren Stewart. And this was a fight that went to the judges, and it was probably the most entertaining fight in terms of the fighters like banter between each other um first round they they looked like they were just going to go hell for leather these actually looked and i said to carlos while i was watching it looked like a bum fight where they were just looking to knock each other out uh both ended up stunning each other like one uh at the same time almost like almost like a rocky stun uh, where they were just both, they were just both trying to land hammer fists all all the way through, trying to just lay into each other. Um, once it got to the fence, um, it, it seemed like Holland had the advantage. He was able to control uh, Stewart up against the fence a lot more. Uh, he was able to even when Stewart reversed the position, uh, it didn't take long for Holland to kind of get him back up against the fence. Uh, coming out into the second round. Uh, a lot of the same stuff, uh, except this time Holland goes down on the floor uh, <laughs> and uh, Stewart was punching his feet. Uh, I think I saw on Twitter someone saying it, it's called the um, the Veruca attack. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Stewart definitely didn't want none of Holland on the ground. Uh, I, I really liked watching Holland's kind of uh, kicks, though, from, from the bottom. He was... He was kind of trying to gorge Stuart into into coming down, but it didn't happen. Um, and then uh, Holland basically uh, landed a couple of uh, body kicks and a couple of uh, knees to the face to to end the round. And it, it it seemed to me like it was a kind of anyone's fight going into the third round. Uh, and for for me, Holland did well to 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 take it. He he landed a lot of heavy shots. He was able to. Uh, to weather the the kind of storm that Stewart had in the in the last and just kind of uh, 
pin him against the cage and 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 ultimately just he just that was the way he won the fight for me. He was able to control Stewart a lot more against the cage. In terms of offense, they were probably fairly equal. To be fair, both had shots that really hurt the other one. Um, but for me, it, it boiled down to uh, Kevin Holland being able to to control on the fence. Yeah, Kevin Holland came with a perfect game plan. He he knew that Darren Stewart were going to be the much more powerful guy, the much stronger guy in the first round when they went in the clinch position. He, as he, he clearly stated out like. Uh, he was strong, uh, and they had a bit of a chuckle together. But he he knew that he weren't going to overpower him, um, so he knew that he needed to be the volume striker mm-hmm. rather than the power puncher. Uh, and that's that's exactly what, in my opinion, what he did. Uh, obviously tonight, uh, he wasn't trying to knock Darren Stewart out like obviously he you said him doing his last fight of his last opponent. Um, he was looking mainly just for if I can outstrike this guy and take him to decision, that the fight is going to be mine. And the first two rounds, he did that perfectly. Obviously, from the first round when he was getting his feet punched in and elbowed, but when he were able to get back up to back up to his feet with the ref standing him up, uh, he were able to do enough with his very weird striking set. He's not yeah. like a, it's not like your your average guy. He, he's not a very. I, I'd say he's not the the obviously the much the the hardest opponent in the world, but it's just the the skill set he brings is a bit weird, diverse to mm-hmm. like read if you would in the first like five to ten minutes, and I believe that's what Darren Stewart sort of struggled with. Even though you you've trained for the guy, you've had a camp for the guy, it's a bit weird actually stepping in there. Uh, Taking it back to a lot of people who fight bones when they say like, oh, they've always got a game plan, but when they get in front of there, it's like the game plan just for some reason just goes out the window. And for me, Kevin Owens is one of them sort of characters, and that's why Darren Stewart was in him turn it on a bit more in the third, and uh, he needed to really. If that that were a make or break for him that round, and he he didn't he just didn't do enough in the round, like he said, Kevin Owens knew. That if I just keep him up against the fence here and put a bit of clinch work in, at the end of the day I've already got round one and two in the bag. <laughs> if I keep, if I play this round safe, I'm going to end up winning it. And yeah, Darren Stewart, he looked a bit disappointed um, with a decision, but obviously I think me and you agree that decision was that the decision was fair. Yeah, um, I believe it. I believe it was. Uh, like I said, it. it, it if it were to go down on strikes, I think it was a much closer fight. But when you when you add in the the way that um, Holland was able to control him against the fence, there's no an, there's no answer for me. That that tips uh, tips it over uh, into to Holland's favour. Definitely. So then after that, we got three first round finishers in a row, uh, starting in the uh, the women's strawweight division with a. Uh, Mackenzie Dern, the uh, the elite level uh, uh, jiu-jitsu specialist, against um, um, Randa Marcos. Uh, started pretty well, uh, Marcos. Uh, well, Marcos countered uh, the shots nicely from from Mackenzie Dern, and Mackenzie like threw a, a crazy head kick and, and like went down to the mat. But Marcos straight away went for the most stupid things she could have done and that's following her down to the mat when you were facing someone with the elite level skill of a ground game you let that girl stand yeah, back up such a um, move she instantly went straight into uh into basically again into a sub- submission position where she was uh, 
uh, getting tied up for a, for an armbar or a triangle. Marcos didn't even look like she was trying to to get out of it. And and when um, when Mackenzie Dern transitioned and flipped flipped herself to into top mount, it was over. Um, uh, Mackenzie knew she had plenty of time to work, so she didn't rush. There was no kind of like. Uh, massive urgency with her game. She just kept uh, she kept Randa Marcos uh, thinking about what she's going to do with with the occasional ground and pound while slowly working away uh, for that armbar. She uh, locked it in beautifully, trapped uh, Mackenzie, uh, uh, trapped Randa Marcos's arm. She uh, trapped the head, so there was no way that um, that Marcos was getting out. Fair play to Marcos. She. Uh, she took that like a proper champ. We and Carlos were cringing at how m many different like uh, angles that her elbow was getting pointed in, uh, and I think uh, Mackenzie Dern is probably going to be disappointed with herself of how long it took her to to finally lock that that armbar in. Uh, she tried it under one armpit, couldn't kind of work it. Tried it under the other armpit. Uh, Randa Marcos eventually did after after tap, and uh, yeah, it's just. A lesson learned for her. If a jujitsu, especially if he's on the floor, don't, don't, don't dive in because yeah, they like sharks. They, that's what she was waiting for. And, uh, Mackenzie Dern making another massive statement. Yeah, all right, Mackenzie Dern. What a, what a perfect uh, way to finish your fight and a very, I'd say a very a lucky way after fucking up and what like she did she ended up what, what she did running jumping yeah she went, well, which went from a massive uh, like, like like I said wild head kick which just didn't work and she ended up on the floor yeah so uh, uh um, like you say um, uh, Marcos what what an absolute rookie mistake that she made there uh, she should have she should have instantly just went over to her started chopping at her legs a bit mm -hmm. before the referee ended up standing her up because there was no point in just letting her stand up you might as well do some damage to a Brazilian jiu-jitsu specialist who's going to try to take you down and try to submit you don't jump in and especially the sloppier way she jumped in she jumped straight in to a triangle that's the white belt shit that's that's it's the proper white belt shit and Against someone like Mackenzie Dern, who who is known for pulling off submissions. Now, yeah. obviously, a lot of people, um, I don't think Matt, people will, some people will know this, but some people won't. But a little fun fact: women, especially in these sort of submissions, with your arm bars, your knee bars, your stuff like that, it's actually harder to submit a woman than it is a man because women are naturally are more flexible than men uh, with the bone structure, the density. Um, obviously the way the muscles are, uh, are formed and shaped um, so yeah but Mackenzie Dern she knew straight away instead of trying to just keep pulling down on the arm when she finally did get the armbar she adjusted it and put uh, Marcus's um, hand basically underneath her armpit mm -hmm. swung her arm underneath the elbow and started talking on it that way she knew she was going to get enough talk then and that's exactly what happened. You got enough talk for Marcos to go, fuck that, I can feel my arm popping. Yeah. <laughs> I need that. Yeah, well, um, I commented in, in a group thread that we've got on Twitter about it brought back horrific memories of when uh, when my knee was uh, 90 degrees the wrong direction. Yeah, it was a, it was scary looking. But like I said, it's the flexibility of, of Marcos. 
Um, and props to her for being able to put up with it for so long because she was in that armbar for a long while. Oh yeah, definitely. I can tell you myself, a personal, like, on a personal level, it does not feel nice in them sort of situations. But uh, as well with this, it, it just goes to show how safe mixed martial arts has come um, uh, along since 20 years ago. Because if people were to go back and watch... Uh, an episode of Sports Science with Frank Mir. It goes through how much force does it take for him to break uh, a bat or a limb, and the one of them they use an actual dummy, um, physically like a sculpted to, to be made human. Uh, the same ligaments, same bones, muscles, and that lot. Everything trying to make it as, as similar as possible to humans as, as, as possible. Um, and Frank Mir put a little bit of talk on the on the knee and the elbow part and just fucking destroyed it. So mm-hmm. it just it just shows how well referees today can do the job because if there weren't no referee in there, that Marx's arm would not be in the socket. It only mm-hmm. takes uh, I think it's like 40, 40 pound of force to to start breaking and ripping your tendons and your muscles off. So yeah, uh, congratulations to Mackenzie Dern, but. We can all just take a little look at that fight and just appreciate how safe the sport has come. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going into the next fight, we was uh, treated to another first round finish. This one a little bit more uh, exciting than than the Mackenzie Dern one. Um, Johnny Walker uh, taking on Ryan Spann in the light heavyweight division. Uh, Johnny Walker, whenever he comes, he like him or dislike him the guy puts on a show and again he, he put on a show today um, straight after, straight after the, the, the start of the fight he was looking to land uh, leg kicks and, and left hands In almost instantly they went up against the cage uh, Walker up against the fence when they separated uh, Walker got clipped with almost like a, a phantom punch uh, which, which knocked him down to the canvas uh, Span uh, then knocked him down almost almost again straight away. Uh, rushed into for uh, the takedown against the cage. Uh, but Johnny Walker, just the resilience on this on this kid is unreal. Whilst being clearly hurt from being knocked down twice, the guy avoided the the takedown and started landing hammer fist after hammer fist. Um, and basically puts <laughs> puts Ryan span out. Um, and be- wins the fight from being almost a second away from being knocked out. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, there was a bit of a call from uh, Span's corner to say the, the, the shots were at the back of the head because um, there, w- there was a knee uh, that, that landed and then there were some hard elbows and, and punches. They weren't to the back of the head, they were to the side of the head. Uh, Johnny Walker pulled off a dramatic comeback victory and what- this guy is just amazing to watch. Yeah, well, he got so, so lucky in that, uh, like you say, the phantom punch, personally, I like to call him a dirty punch because it's the punches you don't see coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, Johnny Walker, he were able to, I don't know what it, I don't know if, it, if it's just been able, he could, he could take a punch or just his mental game told him that, no, he's not fucking losing again. Or he's obviously training now with John Kavanaugh, whatever it was, something helped him in that fight. Mm-hmm. Uh Oh, so like he said, he got dropped, and instantly he knew thought it were over. And then within about a second, he were he were elbowing him and and, and amethysting him. It would um, 
And always, I, I, I can agree with call. I, I can agree with uh, Ryan's call, which is a bit um, punches to the back of the head. Obviously, some of them were a bit sloppy, but what again? Um, this fight lasted only very short, so I said I'll, I'll cover a bit of the um, two minutes. Yeah, two minutes exactly. So two minutes forty-three. I'll, I'll cover a bit of, of the ref sort of situation, what he was sort of looking at in this in this point of view. Obviously, his coaches were on about punches to the back of the head, which is totally. It's just totally agreed. Yeah, fair enough. A couple of them was to the back of the head, but when when you're a referee and you're looking at two fighters in that position, you've got a fighter up against the fence, and you've got their opponent who's forcing that fighter up against the fence, and their only thing to do is either try and get double underhooks, one underhook, try and fight it off with a Kimura or whatever. The other one is getting punched or elbow to the head. Now, when you're getting someone up against the ke- uh, up against the fence and you're trying for a double or a single leg. Usually, your head is on either side of that person's body. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of a lot of fighters will tend to put their head down and bury it into their opponent's chest at that point, but they'll also tend to start turning their head away so they can't get it in the side of the face. But what the referee has got to think of then is, at the end of the day, this is still a fight. That's a, a technique fighters use. So it's like, yo, ref, is it to me an idiot? But it's, it's like, yeah, but, mate... You're turning into that, so he's hitting you in the back of the head. So that's what a lot of people mis- misunderstand about in today. It's like, yeah, fair enough. It was a couple of them was to the back of the head, but most majority of them, um, Ryan wasn't helping himself by turning his head into it. So that's why the you didn't see a lot of that's why you didn't see a lot of the refs saying like, don't watch what you're doing. The ref knew exactly what Ryan were doing. Mm-hmm. Ryan knew exactly what he were doing. He knew, yeah, fuck, I'm getting punched inside the head. I'm gonna end up getting knocked out. I'm gonna turn my head a bit. Hopefully that works for me. And it didn't. He he, he should have he should have let go and, and recalculated because he were winning that fight. And if he if he did let go and recalculate, <coughs> one or two more cracks he could have put fucking Johnny Walker back down on the floor because that's exactly what he did before trying to push push him up against the fence. <laughs> so yeah, he got a couple of cracks, but what the ref was seeing, Ryan was putting himself in that situation more than Johnny Walker was actually doing anything. Rather illegal. Yep. Uh, so then after that, went into another first round finish, and um, it's just the best one of the night. It's quite as uh, simple and clear as that. Comes uh, at Chimiev taking on Gerald Mershaw in the middleweight division. Uh, now, the fight lasted seventeen seconds, so we're obviously going to talk more than the fight lasted. <laughs> but this this is a guy who has literally come from nowhere in terms of the UFC. For three, this is his third fight in 66 days. Uh, he broke uh, Cain Velasquez's uh, long-standing record for the uh, amount of strikes thrown against the amount of strikes he's uh, absorbed. Uh, Cain was like 141 uh, and two in in two fights, and and uh, Chimiev was like 192 in two. So this guy's just an absolute animal. Uh, really taking a step up in quality against Gerald Mayshot, but. To be fair, you wouldn't even think it was a step up in quality because the fight starts. Um, Chimiev um, basically walks Gerald Mayshart down, gets him uh, to, to back up towards the cage, throws one punch, starches Mayshart. Mayshart is clean after that one punch. They follows up with a couple more, but they were li- they were irrelevant. The the first punch is the one what knocked him out. Seventeen seconds in, Chimiev has now gone hundred and ninety five. Uh, punches to uh, strike to two 
over three fights. The guy's just smashing UFC records left, right and centre. The dude's already booked for his next fight against Damien Meyer. I'm, I fear for Meyer's laugh. This guy's going to kill him. The only way you're going to see Jimmy have lose is if you run a far fight gauntlet <laughs> just having fight, just that uh, just people taking him taking him on straight after losing the fight what what I'm a put money on it now he still beats four of them what a performance though absolutely amazing definitely right uh, before I even speak about him I want to say about Gerald what a what a guy even though it didn't go his way and it really did not go his way tonight I don't want to see anyone basically say, oh, you can, it was just another can he fought and that. No, it wasn't. Even his last two opponents in the UFC haven't been cans. His last mm-hmm. two opponents have been have been absolute killers. Uh, and uh, Gerald was just another one of them. Unfortunately, but fortunately for Shimachev, he's just looking that good. Mm-hmm. He's just looking like one of these fighters who is that good. And like I said to you, when they fight, I hope he doesn't get beat because it's been a long time since we've got a heart train like this. My personal opinion, I fucking love seeing casuals getting pissed off because no one can beat him. He's like, he's a top guy. Why would you want to see him getting beat? But, uh, it's a chimmy of, he's, who is going to beat him? He's on a fucking roll, man. He's, like you say, what, 194-2 in his last three fights. 195 strikes to two, yeah. Exactly. It's 66 days he's been in the UFC and he's got three victories. We're already scheduled to fight Damian May in about, what, a week or two or something. I think it's tomorrow, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, exactly, like you said, he might as well just fucking step up and take Cerrone's place or fucking somebody else's place. To be fair, I bet Cerrone wished he did. <laughs> Shimachev would have. That's how much of a gangster he is. He'd um, have even cut the weight. He'd have even been able to cut the weight. <laughs> just go for a quick piss and he'd be fucking happy to go. <laughs> well, it just goes to show this is what Dana's looking for. People can't complain. I know I know. in the fact, uh, Gerald, like I said to you, the guy needs to calm down. I think that's what pissed him off a bit. I think that's what ruined the fight for him is, like I said to you, like I said to you when they were walking about the octagon, I said to you, didn't he? He looked pissed off. He looks mm-hmm. too pissed off. He needs to calm down a bit and... I think in his head, he just wanted to hurt Chimiev just because of the fact is that UFC is scheduled in for a, another fight down the line. How can you blame your opponent for getting scheduled in for another? It's not like he's looking past you. He's physically said he's not looking past you. He's just looking ahead of you after mm-hmm. he beats you. Mm-hmm. So it's... That sort of stuff is just mind games. And as a fighter, especially in this day and age when you've got people who can just talk and talk and talk... It's not good to have sort of a weak mindset like that if you if you get what I'm saying. So tough tennis to be in. Fucking get back on your eye horse and, and just keep working at it. But I said, Shimiev, no one's gonna stop him. No yeah. one's gonna stop him. I'll put money on it now. No one's gonna stop. Him. He will be. Well, if I think well, um, middleweight. He will fight Paulo Costa or, or Adesanya in the next year. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. If he goes in, uh, this the way he's running, he'll be fighting him by Christmas. He'll have two more fights <laughs> by the end of the year. Yeah, he'll have two more fights. He'll have a fight scheduled after the Meyer fight before he even fights Meyer. That's a, that's the sort of guy this is. That's the sort of guy this guy's looking like, and <laughs> that's the sort of guy Dana wants. At the end of this, what most fighters like, I'm a fighter now. Like he's shown me a little bit of inspiration. He's shown me what. End of the day, not everybody else. What I need to do, like this, is a, what a true champion is made of, and it's this is coming from a fighter as a fan of the sport. Uh, 
that is a, that's a champion, a champion right there. Someone who who doesn't give up. Someone who keeps on succeeding. Someone who's now got a nine and all record when he did have an eight and all, and he believed he was that good to go out there and beat Gerald and look exactly what he did. He didn't even go out there and and choke him out. One punch, one punch is all it took him mm -hmm. for him to take him up that ladder to the next step of his UFC career, mm -hmm. to that one step closer to the, that gold. The fight against Mayer will be a good a good testing ground for him. Mayer's obviously now a, a huge gatekeeper in that division. Uh, so yeah, let's see where he goes in a month or so. Uh, like I said, we could be looking at a very very soon a, a, a title contender, but. Um, Let's go into the, the co-main event, uh, the one what we tried to sub him in for, for Cerrone. And to be <laughs> fair, I, like I said, I think at least in that first round, Cerrone would have probably wanted him to sub him. He, he just did not look like the fighter that, that we know Cerrone to be. This is a guy who, who's coming, um, who was at the elite level in multiple divisions. He was getting title shots in multiple divisions and he's now... Riding, he was riding a fourth out with Lost Street, which is, it's the last time we heard of something like that was was Dan Hardy, uh, and yeah, it just seems like the kind of the wheels have fallen off for Cowboy Cerrone. I said uh, to to Carl while we were watching the fight, there's um there's some fighters who you can see slowly kind of like uh, the skills degrade and 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 they slowly met their way down down the card and down the rankings and then there's some people who are elite level and then they just drop off and it, and the beginning of this fight did feel like the Cerrone had dropped off off a cliff and uh, Nico Price just dominated for the first two three minutes of this fight um, Cerrone looked like he had no power. He looked like he had no energy. Uh, Price was just absolutely dominated. And what actually woke Cerrone up was was kind of getting poked in the eye a couple of times. Uh, Nico Price ended up getting uh, a point deducted because he was he was warned by the referee uh, Jason Herzog a couple of times. Uh, he landed some good shots to to Cerrone's liver, um, and then um, the the jab to the the, the face of, of Cerrone uh, cut his eye um, and that, like I said, it, it kind of did wake Cerrone up and he started attacking more, throwing more kicks and more punches. Uh, going to the, out of that first round, it, it, it should have been a Nico Price uh, easy easy round, but because of the point reduction, obviously, it, it was a 9-9 round, which kind of gives the impetus to uh, Donald Cerrone going into the second round I felt that uh, Nico Price just dominated uh, a lot of this fight he was uh, much busier than, than Cerrone but Cerrone did he was a, he, he did wake up uh, a, a lot of good combinations from Price where uh, Cerrone's shots were like ones maybe one uh, one twos a, a push uh, uh, Price was landing a lot more uh, more mixed up combinations, throwing more body kicks, throwing more uh, uh, one-two punches. Uh, going into the third round, again, uh, Cerrone kind of did wake up. He, he got he got the takedown, didn't really do a lot with it, um, and they quickly got back to the, the, the feet. Um, then there was a bit of a double arp hawk, again, kind of like the, the, the Rice band Johnny Walker, where they, they both like, cracked each other, both kind of taking each other out, thinking they're bloody rocky, yeah? Um, yeah, uh, then Cerrone then got another takedown, and uh, uh, Price was 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 sprawled down on 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 all fours, and Cerrone was was really trying to work to 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 get the finish. Um, 
the the events had got back onto the feet and Cerrone was throwing more body shots. You could tell both guys were absolutely worn out in this third round, um, and they they were just it was literally just going hell for leather for the last thirty seconds. Uh, Price went for a, a, a takedown, got got stuffed, um, and yeah, it ended up being a very interesting uh, uh, majority draw. Um, one of the one of the judges gave the the fight to Cerrone, uh, twenty nine twenty seven, which I thought were interesting. I didn't think he he particularly won any of the rounds. I think that the the draw probably was the fairest result because I had, I had to give uh, Price the second. I'd give Cerrone the third for the for the takedowns and the control, and obviously the first was should have been Price's, but Price muffed it up himself. So for a judge to give basically two rounds to Cerrone, the only way that that works out is if he give Cerrone the first round and then dot the points, so basically end up with a ten eight round to Cerrone. Either way, it was a majority draw. Um, I can see that fight going running back, uh, and I think. It's a bit of a get out uh, a jail card for for Cerrone because five fight loss streak is it's hard to come back from. Um, but yeah, it's a draw. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll say a couple of things. Like the, the, the two common problems that are always popping up with the UFC is the bad judging and the gloves. They need to look at the judges and they need to change the pissing judges and stop having people who fucking make sandwiches on a weekend and watch football on a Monday. So it's, you need to change people who actually watch fighting, who love the sport, who've got a passion to not make, make sure not only it's, it's fair, but to make sure it's safe at the same time. Uh, but the gloves, the UFC, I, I don't know why they don't want to look at Trevor Whitman's, like, what he's involved in. Yeah, he's like, so I, I had a look at this, this ONX, and uh, the, the, the actual MMA gloves, for for in in octagon combat are not ready. They're they're still in uh they're still in like the his testing phase. Yeah, uh, but he's got like a, he's got near enough the final product that is still better the, than the UFC. All the the training gloves are available, but the the actual fight gloves are they're not available. You you can you can sign up to get like uh to get like information once it releases them, but yeah, they're not for for they're not out for retail sale yet. Ah, fair enough. Well, but, but yeah, I agree with you. I think the UFC gloves are, are a massive, massive problem. Yeah, definitely. Especially when you've got two fighters like these, man, and these two are just dog fighters. He's a, a cowboy on a good day, a Nico on a, do, a good day, will go in there and always give you what you pay for, always give you a performance. Uh, but like you said, cowboy is slowly seeming like one of them where he's, he's slowly starting to, to drop off, but you're not knowing you're not noticing it till it's too late. Um but like I said to you, he's always been one of these who's who's always said he's not never gonna give up until he's told that he has to. Mm-hmm. Uh which to be honest with you, in my opinion is never the best way, but he's old school, he's he's been he's been doing it longer than me, so I'm no position to tell him otherwise. Uh and especially with Nico Price, but Nico Price had so much respect for Cerrone, that's what I more about this fight more than all. Uh, he, he knew Cerrone, but he'd given the respect. He, it's not like he came in um, like uh, who, who, a young guy who, who came with a fucking cocky attitude thinking he was going to beat him up because he was an old man. Is it, it weren't Rodriguez, it, Henderson, or something like that. 
Fuck knows. Uh, Jimmy Rivera? Fuck that one. No. no. It were Jimmy Rivera. He's fucking. Were it not Hernandez? Hernandez, that were it. Hernandez until he got kicked in chill. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the uh, Nico didn't give him didn't give him anything like that. Just gave him nothing but respect. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that were it. He uh, he just gave him exactly what he paid for. Uh, Cerrone said he were a good father in the press conference, which obviously me now as a father and you as a father is a big thing to get. A compliment of someone who you all respect, respect anyway, and then to turn around in the middle of a press conference when you'd expect him to say something about your fight, to turn around and say, "No, I like, I want to fight the guy just because he's a fucking, he's a good father." Mm-hmm. That's 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 something nice to say. So um, this fight went exactly how I expected it to go, bar from the airports. Cerrone's always been one of them slow stars. He's always been seems to be one of them who he needs a punching. Punching chops to yeah. to get that cowboy fired up, but Nico's he's he wants that bell rings that that he just goes the the pair of them. Uh, like I say, the first round if it if it weren't for the the point deduction that easily goes that easily would have went to to Nico Price. Like he said, he were it were cleaner with the combos, it were cleaner with the volume strikes. Cerrone uh, so weren't he weren't. Doing that much, like I say, the people can say about the head movement, but he's not really, he didn't, he didn't really move his head in the first place. He's always been able to take a crack, but expect of a guy like Nico who can, who can give you a solid crack. That's a, a dangerous way to play it because yeah, you might be able to take one of them, but try to take ten of them and still spelling your own name, mm-hmm. it's going to be a bit difficult. <laughs> so yeah, it's a fair decision. No one can complain. Like when it did, when the when it said. Uh, Obviously, a uh, draw. I I didn't feel like I was robbed in no. a way. I thought, you know what? That's fair enough. They might run it back. They might not. Either way, I'm happy at the result. I'm happy with how the fight went. Um, I think Nico Price were a little bit too happy that he got a draw. <laughs> Donald Cerrone were looking at him like, "The fuck are you happy about?" But I think that one more like, I've just gone three rounds of Cerrone and not got my fucking ass whooped. Yeah, pretty uh, much. <laughs> but yeah, congratulations to both of them. At least none of them go home with an L. But none of them go on the W either. So yeah. Um, then let's go into this this main event. Uh, Colby Covington. Everybody uh, knows that we we are not huge fans of his attitude, but we we are huge fans of him as a fighter. We we know that he always brings it, and he's always um, his cardio is just absolutely phenomenal. He's a he's a very rounded fighter. I, I give him props for that. I just don't like the way he handles himself. Uh, the guy's a dickhead, but yeah. he can fart. He can fart. And he took Tyron Woodley, the former uh, welterweight champion, to school today. It's as simple and clear as that. There's no, there's no other way of, of describing this fight. From from the first minute, this was the Colby Covington show. He absolutely dominated every single round, even the first round, which was quite quiet uh, compared to the others. It was Covington was better in the in the middle of the octagon uh, with with uh, the standing and banging. It was better when he was pressing uh, uh, Woodley up against the fence. Woodley just did not seem like he wanted to be in this fight. Now, if you uh, if you go back to the the press conference, obviously he did answer a lot of the questions. He was he was linking them all to Black Lives Matters. 
which I understand his point is uh, is is trying to kind of like shed light on it, but to me it also kind of showed that he wasn't interested in this fight and coming into the octagon and 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 uh, the fight it was quite clear. So again into that second round again it was it was pretty much all all, all Covington Woodley landed a couple of shots here and there, but Col- Covington's output was just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and then in the second round, we we started to see uh, where Woodley was was not interested in the fight. He he complained in the second round of uh, of uh, getting a, a law blow, which didn't happen. Uh, Corrington um, did a lot of the control against the cage. Into the third round, he was uh, he there was an airport. Woodley uh, asked for the doctor to come and check him out. Um, we thought that that fight was going to probably end there if he, if he said the the words he couldn't see. He didn't, which is uh, which kind of shocked me because I thought that was his get out of this fight clause. Uh, Covington again just dominated that third round. Uh, got him up against the cage. Was scoring with with uh, it, knees and 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 elbows and punches. He wasn't particularly trying to damage uh, Woodley. It was just scoring points, which is which is fair play to him. In the fourth round, he turned up that pressure, though. So in the fourth round, he he, he really did turn up the pressure, though. He was uh, landing a lot more, got uh, got more uh, more ground and pound. He, he ended up cutting uh, Woodley over his eye, and the, and the blood was just pissing into his face. Um, it was a massively, massively dominant round. And then going into the fifth, we knew that, well, even, even Woodley's uh, team said, look, you are losing this fight. You need to go out and finish it. Uh... Covington got the tear down and and he just absolutely dominated. He lifted uh, Woodley up, slammed him to the mat. Woodley went for a, a, a kind of guillotine, um, but once once uh, Covington uh, got for, got his arm free and was able to like, able to put his elbow to the floor, Woodley screamed in, about his rib hurting. Now we watched the the fight, we then watched the replay, and there's no way no way that that. Colby puts any kind of real pressure on that rib, so I'm, I'm calling now. I think he's. I think he faked it. I honestly think he faked that injury. Uh, the the shots that 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 Colby was landing, first of all, weren't really in the ribs. They were more lower down into like the the liver area, and they were taps. They were just like the kind of taps that you just do to to like basically confuse your opponent. No way that that's a. That was so. I think Woodley Wood, Woodley had, had enough, and he knew he, he was not going to get the win, and just just faked a rib injury. I'll call him now. I think he faked it. Simple as that. Uh, call me picks up a victory. He's got to be facing Usman next, surely. I believe so. Um, especially after a performance like that. Um, wow, man, Woodley. He hasn't won a fight since what 2017. There was a 2018. there was a stat uh, that I saw just as we were coming in to record. He's lost the last 15 rounds on the judges' scorecard. That's the last three fights. That's obviously fucking this one now. Um, Gilbert Burns and then fucking Usman. And um, let's put it this way: he's not. He didn't have the best run as champion because it's not like he made best pals with Uncle Dana so mm-hmm. guys falling out of love with the sport if you get what I did there but he's 38 he's 
He's going to get hurt if he if he carries on. He's just took some serious elbows off a guy who everyone complains about and wants to see him lose. I want to see him lose, but Kobe, Con- Kobe Covington is a fucking fighter and a dangerous guy. And when he comes to fight, he comes to fight. He doesn't come to tickle you, he comes to fight. And it's... See, well, like you said, I, I'm going to agree with you. I don't, I've never seen that happen to... Anybody ever in the gym on telly? I've, I've never, never seen anybody get an injury from going for a guillotine attempt. But if his rib was so uh, injured, I get it. But it, it wasn't injured when he was attempting the guillotine. Oh. It was he was cranking on that neck, absolutely cranking on it, and you're absolutely fine. The minute that uh, Colby's arm got free and he was able to release that pressure. That's when Woodley was starting to, to scream about his ribs. I, I think I honestly do think that that was him knowing. Yeah, that was my last chance at winning this fight. Let's end it now. I don't. I don't want to like, get whipped because he was going to get whipped. Colby, Colby was going to get Colby's head was out. He was going to just. He was just going to lay. Oh, Colby were already doing it anyway. The one thing about Woodley now is. People know how to beat him. He's the new. He's basically the Damian Meyer. A lot of people know how to, and a lot of people know how to beat him. Is Tyron Woodley? He goes up against the fence. When he's up against the fence, he either don't want you to take down, or he's going to shoot in, or he's going to try and pull you in to try and get that massive right off. Now, if you stay away from all that, he's got one or two other weapons. Maybe that jab, maybe that Superman punch we've seen. But other than that, he hasn't got much, much more. He hasn't got that many high kicks. He might kick you a couple of times, like a couple of times to the body, but he's got he's got tree trunk legs, so it takes him a lot of energy to get his muscle legs up there. So he doesn't do that a lot. That's why he's a wrestler, a lot more forced down. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't beat Usman. He doesn't beat Corbett. And if he doesn't beat these guys, why is he still doing it at 38? He has got children. He's got family. He's got a, he's still got a career after this. What's the point in sticking about and just basically hurting yourself? Because he's dreamed not to be one of these fighters who's just doing it for a paycheck. He's always said from day one he wants to be the champion. If he's not one, if he's not the champion, then there's, there's no point in doing it. Mm-hmm. So what's the point in doing it? Because he's not going to be champion. He's, he's, he's not championship level. It's as simple it's, as that anymore. He's dropped off yeah. so much in the last three years. His last three fights have clearly shown that. He got out-wrestled by Usman, who, in that fight, people were saying, oh, Woodley were injured. No, he wasn't. Woodley was 100%. It was actually Usman that was injured. He got out-wrestled and battered off Burns. Burns. And then now, he's just been out-wrestled and battered off Corbin. The guy needs to... Then the day, Dean Fing, Dean, his head coach... Didn't, he didn't even have much to say to him. It's like when they were stopped, he didn't. It's like you could tell, you could see it in Dean's eyes. Like, fuck do I say here? He, he, literally, the only thing he had to him were, you want to beat this guy, don't you? The will to win is the only thing you need to. He's got it, no it, else it to say to his father. He's got nothing else to say to his father. He didn't show that will in 25, well, 23 and a half minutes of fighting. I believe he gave up. I believe he gave up. Yeah. And that there's, there's no other, bar from because he's like you're saying he didn't he couldn't take Covington down properly. 
the only defence for that was to put his arse up against the cage and Colby still managed to take him down a couple mm-hmm. of times so that game plan was slowly getting broke down but by he, him but even when he did that though uh, if that's the case and your game plan is to, to be uh, basically clinching against the fence throw some shots mm. do well, some work he, he didn't he did it. nothing he didn't do anything and then look at it in the third or fourth round he ended up getting because he didn't do nothing he ended up getting tucked down on what 114 to 2 or something like that that, that, was, the, that was the fourth round yeah, the he fourth. absolutely dominated it was 114 to 2 yeah and then obviously the fifth round it was like right I'm, gonna, I'm getting battered here I'm, what's my excuse basically mm-hmm. I think we've seen maybe the, the end of of Tyron Woodley, at least in the UFC, I can't see Dana wanting to give him another fight after this. Well, it's, we've seen it. It's not. It's not like Dana's had the best track record of keeping fighters who's not being pally pally with them, especially mm-hmm. when they've gone off on runs like this. He's always that's one. That's one reason he's always got rid of people. Right, you've had beef for me. What you doing? Shit, right? Bye bye. You cut. Yeah. They've just cut. Look, just cut John Dodson in the what about yesterday. So and look at how much he's he well obviously he worked championship material for him to never hold the belt but he still was an exciting fighter he dropped off a bit he worked world's number one he's got just got told bye bye so it happens yeah, especially in today with there's the no pandemic going on yeah there's there's very little loyalty within the UFC at the best of times when you're not in the good books of, of Dana that the only way you stay in a job is by keep winning and unfortunately Tyron is now three three lost street it's pushing the age of 39 is is I'm personally I don't think he's going to get his title back and the talent and the way the UFC and mixed martial arts is moving so fast it's it's a rather dire situation and I think in this situation it is going to be a dire for for Tyron Woodley and I just I think he just needs to be a bit more clever at his next decisions, whether it is with his family speaking to him or his coaches, whether he's actually serious about still continuing fighting because it's a dangerous thing if you if your man's not in there. If your body's in there just to get just just to fight, well done, you're the next corona. But if your man's not in there, there's no fucking point. Yeah, absolutely. So let's look forward to next week's show, uh, back on Fat Island. Um, and it's a dual title. It's a UFC 253. Uh, there's five fights so far on the main card. Uh, three of them not exactly uh, amazing fights. So Sajara Eubanks is making, I think, a third fight in about 70 days, which is absolutely brilliant for her. Yeah, pretty much. Kakara France is facing uh, Brandon Roval, uh, but. This card's built around the two title matches of um, Dominic Reyes taking on Jan Blakovic and Israel Adesanya versus Paolo Costa. The, the, <laughs> someone's all has to go. Uh, a lot of hate and a lot of uh, animosity in, in this match. Uh, it's going to be interesting, though. The first, first light heavyweight champion uh, cannot be... Uh, Cormier or or Bones in what about ten years? Yeah, last decade. Madness. It's been really mental for that, but I'm just so excited for that main event. I'm fucking yeah. shaking. Yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, a, it's the, gonna be a good one. Definitely, especially with with Costa being such a huge fucking animal, and with Adesanya being just the all round spectacular striker, like you said. 
someone's always got to go. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely check in uh, with us next week for that. Uh, remember now, you can also find us not only on Visionaries Global Media and thechairshot.com, but now we're also on... Uh, shooting the sports ish uh, this this will be going out as a, a video on uh, YouTube as well as on, so on, on their channel yeah. so definitely get subscribing get involved you can follow me on Twitter at DAJ Kirby follow Carlos here at Kirby underscore Carlos uh, thank you all for listening and that is the end adios amigos thechairshot.com always Use your head.